Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another wonderful and exciting episode of the Anthology of Horror. I am your host and narrator, Springheel Jack. And as always, I'd like to take this time to thank you for tuning in to another episode. Your support, your reviews, and your patronage mean the world to me. And I genuinely appreciate it. If you're easily offended, and this is your first time listening, I would encourage you to find a different show to listen to and spare me the negative reviews on whatever platform you choose to listen to podcasts. With no more further ado, let's jump into today's episode. the darkest corner of the human psyche. You have entered the chilling world of Anthology of Horror, where nightmares are given voice. I am your guide through this treacherous journey, your host, known as Springheeled Jack. Greetings, brave souls, and welcome to a special episode of Anthology of Horror. Today, I have a tale that I hope will consume your senses, a story that emerged from the depths of my own imagination. Prepare yourself for a story titled, The Woman in the Painting. Step into the shadows with me, dear listeners, as we unravel the mystery that lies within the depths of a timeless painting. In this haunting tale, the boundaries of reality blur, and a world of dread unfolds before your very eyes. Embrace the chilling whispers that pierce the silence, for the woman trapped within the canvas holds a secret that will unravel the fragile threads of your sanity. Together, we shall traverse the twisted corridors of this haunting tale where truth and terror collide. Prepare to witness the malevolent beauty that lies within the confines of art. The woman in the painting beckons you to uncover her secrets, but be warned, once you peer into her haunting eyes, you may never escape her icy grip. But remember, dear listeners, once you open the door to this dark realm, there is no turning back. So sit back and relax, dear listeners, turn off the lights, get comfortable, and try to enjoy the first long-form horror story written by yours truly on Anthology of Horror. Jack Whitaker gripped the steering wheel tight as he drove along a rural country back road, his knuckles turning white from the strain. The world around him had become a blur of greenery and dirt, but Jack barely noticed. The only thing on his mind was a bitter taste of betrayal that had been his constant companion ever since his divorce. Filthy whore, he mumbled under his breath, recalling the scene when he found his wife in bed with the businessman she worked for. He wished they were dead, all of them, her her lover, and even himself. It was a thought that haunted him every day, gnawing at the edges of his mind. To cope, he had started drinking heavily, the alcohol providing a temporary refuge from the pain, but never truly washing it away. 
He had always known, deep down, that something wasn't right. The late nights at the office, the way her eyes would linger just a little too long on her boss, the smug businessman who clearly saw Jack as nothing more than an obstacle to be removed. But it wasn't until he walked in on them that the truth had finally shattered the fragile facade that was his marriage. The anger that had been festering inside him since that day had turned into a cold, unrelenting bitterness that refused to be sated. Even now, as he drove towards the remote estate sale that he hoped might provide some small distraction from his misery, he could feel its icy grip tightening around his heart. The divorce had been swift and brutal. His wife had gotten nearly everything, leaving him with only debts, despair, his failing antique store, and his old family home. He'd tried to drown his sorrows in drink, but not even the burn of whiskey could cauterize the wound that she had left. Often he was consumed with the urge to be somewhere else, anywhere other than where he currently was. But when he eventually gathered up his nerve and left, all he could think about was the dreary comfort and solitude of his rundown home. He no longer recognized himself. The man who had once been so strong and confident was now a hollow shell of his former self. He thought about all those wasted years, of what might have been if he had chosen differently, if he hadn't trusted so readily. The thought was like scratching at a scab, painful but strangely satisfying. His anger simmered beneath the surface like hot lava waiting to erupt. As he drove along that winding road, Jack felt a familiar rage rising within him again, one that demanded justice for all that had been done to him. Climbing out of this dark abyss seemed impossible. Retribution or self-improvement seemed like an unattainable dream. Jack felt resigned as he continued on his journey, knowing full well that some wounds will never heal completely. They just leave behind scars as reminders of what once was and what will never be again. Some days, he woke up hoping that the sun wouldn't rise that morning, that this painful charade of existence would finally end. The only thing anchoring him to this world were the treasures that he unearthed, remnants of happier times, but even that joy had begun to fade. And with each passing day, Jack played with the idea of suicide more and more. The road stretched endlessly before him, a seemingly infinite path leading to an estate sale that promised distraction, if not salvation. Hunting for antiques had once been a source of joy for Jack, a way to connect with the past, a past that seemed more beautiful and pure than the present. But now, even that passion had faded, leaving behind only the hollow shell of a man that was going through the motions and nothing else. God damn it, Jack muttered under his breath, turning the radio off with a violent jab at the power button. He had no patience for cutesy love songs that seemed to mock him at every turn. As the silence enveloped him, his thoughts began to drift back to the bitter divorce that had consumed the last few months of his life. As he navigated the winding road, Jack's thoughts drifted to the countless treasures he had discovered and sold over the years. Each one had told a story, whispered secrets of bygone days that filled him with a sense of wonder and excitement. But now, those voices were silent, drowned out by the roar of anger and despair that echoed within his own heart. Jack Whitaker's car sped down the narrow, winding road, its tires screeching around each bend as if trying to escape their desperate driver. The estate sale was miles away from his antique shop, and every inch of distance felt like an insult, a mocking reminder of how far he'd fallen from the life he'd once cherished. God damn it, he muttered, slamming his fist against the dashboard. 
The car rattled in response, its aging frame protesting the abuse. Jack sighed and returned his attention to the road, forcing himself to focus on each curve and bump, hoping against hope that the estate sale might offer some small reprieve from the darkness that consumed him. But deep down, he knew the truth. The thrill of the hunt had been extinguished, smothered beneath the weight of his own misery. The antiques that had once brought him joy and solace now served only as a reminder of happier times, times that he knew were gone forever. Welcome to my life, Jack muttered bitterly, his voice barely audible above the engine's hum. And with one last swig from his flask, he pressed on, driving deeper into the heart of darkness that had become his world. Miles stretched out in front of Jack, the seemingly endless country road snaking its way toward the distant estate sale. He could feel the frustration mounting as the distance between his antique shop and this far-flung location grew ever larger. Of all the goddamn places, he muttered under his breath, gripping the steering wheel tighter, the tedium of the journey only served to exacerbate the lingering anger and bitterness that gnawed at him. It was as if the universe conspired against him, forcing him to traverse this desolate stretch of land, a cruel reminder of the isolation he felt within himself. His antique shop, once a sanctuary filled with relics of the past, had become a source of irritation for Jack. The shelves, lined with dusty trinkets and curiosities, felt suffocating, their silence echoing the emptiness inside of him. The flickering light from the antiquated chandelier cast eerie shadows across the room, each object seeming to mock him with their stoic indifference to his pain. The bell above the door, which used to herald the arrival of customers with its cheerful jingle, now grated on his nerves like nails on a chalkboard. Even the familiar scent of old wood and aged leather seemed oppressive, a constant reminder of what he had lost. Everything's gone to shit, Jack thought bitterly his knuckles turning white as he clenched the wheel. The estate sale loomed ahead like a beacon of false hope, an opportunity to find something, anything, to fill the void left by his shattered life. And yet he knew deep down that it would be another fruitless endeavor, a pathetic attempt to grasp at some semblance of happiness that had long since slipped through his fingers. Fuck you, Evelyn, he whispered, her name leaving a bitter taste in his mouth, and fuck him too. The image of his ex-wife and her lover haunted him. Their betrayal, an ever-present specter that loomed over his every waking moment. He couldn't escape them, no matter how far he drove or how many antiques he sifted through. Maybe one day I'll find something to make it all go away, Jack mused, his thoughts turning darker as the road stretched on in front of him. But until then, he would just continue to drive, to search, to go through the motions and wallow in his own misery. Damn you both to hell, he spat, the words echoing through the car as the scenery blurred past him, a testament to the futility of his endless journey. The gravel crunched under the tires of Jack's car as he pulled into the dilapidated farmstead, his heart sinking at the side of the old farmhouse. The once white paint was peeling and flaking away like dead skin, revealing the rotting wood beneath. Overgrown weeds choked the front yard, suffocating any signs of life that may have once dwelled there. It looked just how Jack felt on the inside, decaying, abandoned, and hopelessly lost. Great, he muttered, slamming the car door behind him as he stepped out onto the uneven ground. Another waste of my fucking time. 
He approached the farmhouse, eyes scanning the jumbled mess that was the estate sale. Old furniture lay in piles, their upholstery faded and threadbare. Dusty knickknacks cluttered rickety tables, their services marred by years of neglect. It was a graveyard of forgotten items, each one bearing silent witness to the countless memories and stories that had long since passed. Hello there, a cheerful voice pierced through Jack's gloomy thoughts, making him wince. He looked up to see a rotund woman approaching him, her smile wide and genuine. My name's Doris. We're so glad you could make it. Let us know if you need any help with anything, won't you? Yeah, sure, Jack grumbled, trying his best to ignore the woman's warmth and enthusiasm. He didn't want or need her pity her, or her kindness. All he wanted was to be left alone, to wallow in his own self-loathing and look at this trash. All right, then, happy hunting, Doris chirped, clapping her hands together before bustling off to assist another customer. Happy hunting, Jack echoed mockingly under his breath, rolling his eyes as he began to sift through the mounds of worthless shit. Each piece seemed to laugh at him, mocking his futile attempt to find something of value in this godforsaken shithole. Stupid, stupid, and stupid, he muttered to himself, the words becoming a mantra as he tossed aside a chipped porcelain figurine. Why do I even try? Jack, is that you? Another voice cut through the dark reverie, and Jack looked up to see an older man approaching him. He recognized him as one of the regulars at his antique shop, though for the life of him, he couldn't remember the man's name. Hey there. Jack forced a tight smile, trying to hide his irritation at being interrupted yet again. Fancy seeing you here. Couldn't resist the allure of an estate sale, huh? The man chuckled, clapping Jack on the back. You never know what treasures you're going to find. Yeah, treasures. Jack scoffed inwardly, though he managed to keep his expression neutral. I don't think there's anything of value here, man. Just keep your chin up, Jack, the man said, mistaking Jack's bitterness as disappointment over the estate sale's offerings, or lack thereof. You never know what might be hiding in plain sight. Yeah, Jack replied tersely, eager to be rid of the man and his unwelcome optimism. Thanks for the advice. No problem, the man winked, moving on to peruse the pile of debris himself. God, why can't they just leave me alone, Jack thought bitterly, his mood growing darker with each passing moment. He had come here hoping to find something, anything, to take his mind off of Evelyn and her betrayal, but all he'd found was more misery and more frustration. Fuck them, he whispered hoarsely, hating how even in this godforsaken place, he couldn't escape their ghost. Jack navigated the cluttered rooms of the old farmhouse, his eyes scanning for something, anything worth salvaging from the heaps of discarded relics. The air was thick with the smell of decaying paper and stale mothballs, making it difficult to breathe. He felt a wave of nausea as he kicked aside a stack of yellowed newspapers, revealing an unsettling nest of dead insects underneath. Jesus, he muttered under his breath, fighting the urge to vomit. This place is like an episode of Hoarders. He continued his search, growing more frustrated by the minute. It seemed as though each new room held only more disappointment, more useless junk that would never sell in his shop. With every fruitless discovery, Jack's anger swelled, feeding off the bitter taste of failure and the memories that haunted him. Is there nothing here but trash, he thought, 
kicking a broken chair leg out of his way. What a waste of time this is. As he prepared to leave, defeated and disgusted, he moved through one last room filled with battered furniture and stained linens. His foot connected with something solid, sending a sharp pain radiating through his toe. Cursing, Jack looked down at the offending object, a large, ugly umbrella stand that had shifted a few inches away from the wall. God damn it, he hissed, bent over in pain, clenching his teeth to hold back a shriek. Through the haze of agony, he noticed something wedged between the umbrella stand and the wall, a portrait. Its painted side, obscured by dust and spiderweb, stared back at him. Intrigued despite himself, Jack pulled the canvas free, wiping away years of grime and neglect. The image that emerged beneath the filth was striking. A beautiful young woman, her red hair cascading down her back as she gazed at the painter, exposing her beautiful face. In her hands, she held an empty wicker basket, its purpose mysterious and tantalizing. Who are you, he wondered, unable to tear his eyes from the woman's haunting beauty. And why were you hidden away like this? He knew deep down that the painting was probably worthless, just another piece of junk in a house full of shit. But something about the portrait called to him, a siren song that soothed the rage and pain that had been his constant companions lately. Fine, he sighed, making a decision. You're coming with me. Rusty hinges groaned in protest as Jack Whitaker pushed open the creaky door of the old farmhouse, his arms burdened with the large, dust-covered painting. The air was thick with an oppressive silence that seemed to crush him from all sides as he stepped out into the gray morning light. A heavy mist hung low over the barren landscape, and even the grass seemed to wilt beneath its touch. God damn it, Jack muttered under his breath, his fingers gripping the sides of the frame so tightly they turned white. What a waste. He couldn't help but feel the bitter sting of regret gnawing at his insides as he trudged towards his beat-up truck. With a sigh, he carefully placed the painting on the passenger seat, brushing off some of the dirt and grime that clung to its surface. Some filth fell away to reveal the name Leela Thorne and the number 56 written on the back of the painting. Leela Thorne, Jack mused. As Jack drove down the long and empty country road, the ghostly silhouettes of skeletal trees loomed overhead like twisted sentinels against the depressing sky. He couldn't shake the feeling that there was something sinister about this place, something that made his skin crawl and the hairs on the back of his neck stand on end. I wonder who she was, Jack wondered aloud, his eyes flicking towards the portrait of the red-headed woman that now occupied the seat next to him. Leela Thorne. Her name echoed through his thoughts like a mournful melody, haunting him with its mystery. Why would anybody want a portrait of her? And when did she die? His mind raced with questions, each one more desperate than the last, as if somehow knowing the answers would bring him some sort of comfort. The truck rubbled along the unpaven road, jostling the painting with every bump and dip. Jack glanced over at it again, his heart quickening as he became increasingly aware of the woman's penetrating gaze. There was something unsettling about her eyes. They seemed to bore into his very soul, 
as if trying to uncover some hidden truth that lay buried within him. Enough, Jack growled, shaking his head in an attempt to dislodge the unnerving thoughts that had taken root. He needed to focus on the road ahead and not get lost in some fanciful daydream about a long-dead stranger. But as he drove onward, the steady rhythm of the engine and the hypnotic sway of the passing scenery lulled him into a trance-like state, and his thoughts drifted back to Leela Thorne once more. A cold shiver ran through him as he began to imagine her life, the passions that must have burned within her, the tragedies she may have endured, the secrets that were forever sealed behind those beguiling eyes. The further Jack delved into this dark fantasy, the more it consumed him, until the boundary between reality and imagination blurred and he felt as though he was teetering on the edge of a precipice. It had gripped Jack, he admonished himself, forcing his attention back onto the road. It was foolish to let his mind wander like this, especially when there was so much at stake. His antique shop was barely staying afloat, and every penny counted. Spending money on something as frivolous as a painting, one that probably wasn't even worth anything, was nothing short of reckless. But even as he tried to bury his remorse beneath a mound of self-loathing, the image of Leela Thorne lingered in the back of his mind, refusing to be extinguished, and as Jack Whitaker drove through the desolate countryside towards the city where his failing business awaited him, he couldn't help but feel he was also hurtling towards a darkness from which there might not be any escape. The sun was high in the sky as Jack pulled his car up to the antique shop. The bright light only served to emphasize the decay and neglect that clung to every surface of the once thriving business district, a desolate testament to the dreams left to wither and die. Another day, another dollar, he muttered bitterly under his breath as he unlocked the door and stepped into the musty interior of his shop. The shelves groaned beneath the weight of the forgotten treasures, each item a relic of happier times when people still valued the craftsmanship and history that antiques had to offer. But today, like so many others, there were no customers, and thus, no sales. As the hours ticked by, the oppressive silence began to gnaw at the edges of Jack's sanity, until all that remained was a hollow, festering pit of despair. Eventually, even the fading light outside seemed too much to bear, and he made his decision to close up a little early and retreat to the cold comfort of his decrepit family home. With a heavy sigh, Jack locked the shop and returned to his car, the weight of another failed day pressing down upon him like a leaden shroud. It wasn't until he reached for the ignition that his fingers brushed against the edge of the painting he'd purchased earlier. Leela Thorne's portrait. I almost forgot about you, he murmured, a wry smile tugging at the corners of his mouth. Despite the regret he felt over buying the painting, something about it called to him, beckoning him to delve deeper into the mystery of the woman whose image was forever immortalized in oil and canvas. Jack let out a tired sigh as he pulled his car into the long, winding driveway of his family's home. The once grand estate was now in disrepair, the gardens overgrown and the windows drafty. Jack had been in a funk for too long, and despite his best efforts to make ends meet with his failing business, he knew he was now too far gone to ever get back what had been lost, and he had given up on maintaining his family's home. Once inside his crumbling abode, Jack carefully unwrapped the portrait and examined it more closely. 
There, scrawled across the back in faded ink, he noticed again the name Leela Thorne with the number 56, but the century was left open to interpretation. Was it 1856, or perhaps earlier, and 1756, or 1656, or 1556? The ambiguity only served to pique his interest further. Well, guess it's just you and me tonight, Leela, he said with a hollow laugh as he carried the big painting upstairs to his bedroom. After meticulously ensuring the portrait was hung perfectly on the wall, Jack stepped back and studied her face once more, those sad, captivating eyes that seemed to bore straight through him. Was it worth it, he asked himself, unable to shake the feeling that he'd made a terrible mistake by wasting his much-needed money on the painting. But now, there was no going back, the money was spent, and as the darkness of depression began to take hold, Jack reached for the bottle of whiskey that was his forever constant companion. Here's to you, Leela Thorne, he said, raising the glass to the portrait before draining its contents in one long, bitter swallow. And with every subsequent drink, the boundaries between reality and fantasy blurred ever further, until finally, Jack succumbed to the oblivion that awaited him on the floor beside his bed. of a feverish alcohol-induced stupor, Jack found himself in the midst of a moonlit garden, the air thick with the scent of blooming roses and damp earth. The atmosphere was intoxicating and eerie, causing a shiver to run through him as he took the scene in before him. He could feel the damp grass beneath his feet and the chill of the night air against his skin. Jack, a soft, sultry voice whispered through the darkness. He turned towards the sound, his heart pounding in his chest. And there she stood, Leela Thorne, her fiery red hair cascading over her shoulders as if ignited by the silvery moonlight. Her eyes were pools of melancholy, piercing him with an intensity that made his breath catch. Is this real? Jack stammered, unable to tear his gaze from the dreamlike figure before him. It's real enough, Leela replied, her lips curving into a sad smile. I've been waiting for you. Waiting for me? Jack's mind raced, trying to make sense of the surreal encounter. But how? Why? You're just a painting. Am I? She asked, tilting her head as she reached out to touch his face, her fingers icy yet strangely comforting. You brought me here, Jack. Your pain, your longing, they called to me from across the centuries. So then you're real? Jack choked out, feeling a strange mix of hope and dread blossom in his chest. Real enough for now, she repeated, her eyes flicking past him to the shadowed corners of the garden. But we don't have much time. Time for what? What do you mean? Jack questioned, uncertainty clawing at him. It doesn't matter, Leela countered, her gaze returning to him with a fierce urgency. We're here, together, for this fleeting moment. Let's not waste it on questions that have no answers. As she spoke, Jack felt the oppressive weight of his despair begin to lift, replaced with an insatiable curiosity and a desperate yearning for connection. He reached out to wrap his arms around her, feeling the cold silk of her gown and the fragile warmth of her body beneath. Please, he whispered into her hair, inhaling her intoxicating scent, a blend of rose petals and decay. Let me stay here with you. Would that I could, Leela murmured, 
tears pooling in her eyes as she met his pleading gaze. But I am bound by forces beyond my control, and our time together is running out. Then let me free you, so you can come live with me, Jack implored, the words tumbling from his lips like a vow. Tell me how, and I'll do whatever it takes. Leela hesitated, her expression torn between hope and despair as she searched his eyes for some sign of salvation. There may be a way, she whispered finally, her voice barely audible, but it might come at a terrible price. Anything, Jack vowed, his heart aching with a fierce determination that drowned out the last remnants of reason. I don't care about the price. Very well, Leela breathed, pressing her lips to his in a searing kiss that tasted of sorrow and loneliness. Then let the darkness consume us both. As soon as their lips parted, the garden began to dissolve around them, swallowed by shadows that crept ever closer, tendrils of darkness reaching out to ensnare them in its icy embrace. Jack clung to Leela, as if she were his lifeline, his heart pounding with equal parts fear and exhilaration. Knowing that he had crossed a threshold from which there would be no return, Jack awoke, face down next to his bed, his heart racing with the fading memories of Leela's touch. For a moment he lay there, basking in the warm afterglow of happiness that seemed to radiate from his very core. Despite it being nighttime, the world beyond his bedroom window seemed alive with color and sound, as though the dreary veil of depression had been torn away to reveal a life that he had long forgotten. Leela, he murmured reaching out instinctively towards the space next to him, half expecting her to be there, her red hair spilling across where he had slept on the floor like a silken waterfall, but his fingers met only the cold emptiness of solitude and the fragile web of his newfound happiness began to unravel at the edges. God damn it, Jack muttered, pushing himself up to sit next to the bed. He rubbed his face with shaking hands, the reality of his situation crashing down around him like the weight of a thousand stones. It had all been a dream, a cruel trick of his tormented mind, conjuring the one thing he desired most only to snatch it away from him. He glanced over at the portrait of Leela hanging on the wall. Her eyes somehow now seemed even more haunting than before, as if they held some secret knowledge of their night together. It wasn't real, he whispered, more for his own sake than for hers. I can't let myself get lost in stupid fantasies. Can't go down that road again. But even as he spoke the words, Jack knew the truth. He was already lost. He was beginning to drown in the depths of his own obsession, consumed by the thoughts of a woman who might not have ever really existed. And yet, despite the crushing weight of despair that threatened to pull him under, a small spark of hope refused to be extinguished, the hope that somehow, some way, he would be able to see Leela Thorne again. With trembling hands, Jack reached for the half-empty bottle of whiskey on his nightstand, desperate to drown out the whispers of insanity that echoed through the hollow chambers of his heart. 
He took a long swig, feeling the burn of the alcohol as it seared its way down his throat, leaving a trail of fire in its wake. Let the darkness consume us both, he repeated, staring into the depths of the amber liquid as, it, as if it held the answers to all the questions that plagued him. And as the night grew darker and colder, Jack Whitaker surrendered himself to the sweet oblivion of the bottle, seeking solace in the only real companion that he had left. The sun had barely risen when Jack emerged from his home, the cold morning air biting at his skin as he stepped out into the world. His eyes were bloodshot and his mind foggy from a drunken night spent tossing and turning in the throes of a haunting dream. Shards of memory clung to the edges of his consciousness like twisted tendrils, taunting him with glimpses of a life that could never be. Fuck, he muttered under his breath, rubbing a hand through his disheveled hair as he climbed into his truck. This is insanity. But even as he tried to deny the growing obsession that lurked within the shadows of his heart, Jack knew that there was no turning back. Every fiber of his being yearned to unravel the mystery of Leela Thorne, to discover the truth behind those alluring green eyes that seemed to beckon him from the canvas. And so, with grim determination that bordered on desperation, he set off on a journey that would lead him further and further into the darkness. His first stop was the local library where he spent hours poring over old dusty volumes of history and art, searching for any mention of the mystifying woman who haunted his thoughts. He examined old marriage and death records, hoping to find some clue that would shed light on her origins, but each search only led to another dead end. Who were you, Leela? he whispered to himself, frustration gnawing at him like a ravenous beast. Where did you come from? Disheartened by his lack of progress, Jack turned his attention to the painting itself, seeking out experts in the field of portraiture and visiting galleries to compare it to other works from the same time period, or what he assumed the same time period was. One such expert, an elderly man with a keen eye for detail, regarded the painting with furrowed brows and a thoughtful expression. Remarkable, he mused, running a gnarled finger along the edge of the frame. The technique and style are certainly consistent with the works of several artists from the 18th century, but I must admit there's something different about this piece. Something different, Jack echoed, his heart quickening at the prospect of finally uncovering some hidden truth. Indeed, the old man continued, his eyes narrowing as he peered closer at the canvas. There's an ethereal quality to the brushstrokes, a sense of otherworldliness that I've never quite encountered before. It's it's as if the artist managed to capture not just the likeness of the subject, but a piece of her soul as well. Her soul, Jack murmured, feeling a shiver run down his spine as he stared into Leela's eyes. A flicker of hope ignited within him, fanned by the old man's words and feeding the flames of his growing obsession. Thank you, he said quietly, taking the painting back and cradling it in his arms like a precious treasure. You don't know how much this means to me. The old man looked puzzled and shrugged and turned away. As he left the gallery, Jack couldn't help but feel a newfound sense of determination surging through him, driving him forward in his quest for answers. But with each passing day, his thoughts were consumed more and more by the woman in the painting, by the haunting beauty of her face, the alluring curve of her lips, and the tantalizing secrets that seemed to dance just beyond his reach. Who are you, Leela Thorne? He whispered into the night, the darkness offering no solace or reprieve. 
and why have you chosen me? Why is it that we found each other? As the days turned into weeks, Jack's once tidy home had become a shrine to his obsession, the walls plastered with notes and sketches of Leela Thorne. His every waking moment was spent in pursuit of her elusive truth. The painting itself, now a fixture in his bedroom, seemed to watch over him as he delved deeper into his fixation. God damn it, Jack muttered, tossing aside another dusty tome that yielded no clues to Leela's identity. His fingers were stained with ink and grime from hours spent leafing through antique texts. Frustration gnawed at him, but he found himself unable to break free from her spell. Tell me your secrets, Leela, he whispered, staring at the portrait with feverish intensity. An eerie silence filled the room, broken only by the steady tick of an antique clock, its pendulum swinging like a hypnotic metronome. Jack's social life disintegrated, friends falling away like autumn leaves as he returned further into the darkness of his obsession. He no longer felt the sting of Evelyn's betrayal or the crushing weight of depression from the betrayal. Instead, his heart burned with an all-consuming desire for answers. Another dead end, he sighed, his voice hollow as he closed yet another fruitless book. A sudden gust of wind rattled the window panes, and with a loud boom, Jack's power went out. Plunged into darkness, Jack shivered, feeling the chill of foreboding creep up his spine. Is this some kind of a warning, he wondered, his thoughts whispering like the ghostly tendrils that played at the edges of his mind. Am I venturing too close to the abyss? Yet Jack could not stop himself. Pulled as though by an invisible force towards the enigma of Leela Thorne, he barely ate. His once robust frame was now gaunt and hollow-eyed. Sleep eluded him, and the rare moments of rest were punctuated by feverish dreams of this mysterious woman. Time is running out, he murmured in quiet desperation, aware of the mounting danger, yet helpless to resist its allure. I must know her secrets before it's too late. As Jack's obsession consumed him, an unsettling darkness seeped into the very fabric of his existence. The line between reality and fantasy blurred, leaving him adrift in a sea of whispers and shadows, ever seeking the truth about the captivating Leela Thorne. Who are you, he begged, tears streaming down his haggard face as he stared at her portrait, and what do you want from me? The painting seemed to hum with an energy that was both seductive and terrifying, the eyes of Leela Thorne piercing through the veil of time to gaze into the depths of Jack's tormented soul. Help me, he pleaded, his voice breaking as he fell to his knees before the beguiling visage. Please, help me find you, help me free you. And as the darkness closed in around him, Jack felt the cold grip of fear take hold, knowing that his fate was now entwined with that of the hauntingly beautiful Leela Thorne.
The dimly lit pub reeked of stale beer and desperation. It was a fitting place for Jack Whitaker to drown his sorrows. With his growing reliance on the bottle, everything in his life seemed to be faltering. The faded wallpaper that adorned the walls of the bar seemed like an echo of his own life, worn and peeling away at the edges. As Jack tossed back yet another shot of whiskey, his glazed eyes wandered over to a man sitting alone at the far end of the bar. Arthur, that was his name, a fellow antique dealer, and one of the few people that Jack could still tolerate. Arthur shared more than just a profession with him. He, too, held a fascination with the supernatural and the occult. Jack stumbled towards him, the weight of his heartache dragging him down as if it were a physical burden. Arthur, Jack slurred, squeezing himself onto the creaky stool beside him. Remember that painting I told you about, the one of Leela Thorne? Arthur looked up from his beer, his face clearly lined with concern. Ah, yes, the red-headed beauty you found in that old farmhouse. He leaned in closer, the shadows casting eerie patterns across his visage. Did you continue to research her? I'm going to be honest with you, Jack. Your obsession with that painting is starting to really worry me. Jack's eyes flickered with a hint of passion amidst the drunken haze. Obsession, he spat, almost defensively. I prefer captivation. She's just... There's something about her, Arthur. I can't shake the feeling that she's more than just a painting, that she's, I don't know, waiting for me somehow. Like a cheesy horror movie, huh? Arthur said, a rueful smile tugging at the corners of his mouth. Like a ghoul or a vengeful spirit waiting to claim her next victim? More like an angel trapped on canvas, Jack mumbled, the whiskey numbing his lips. I just wish there was a way I could bring her to life or free her from that prison. Arthur's smile slowly faded, replaced by a solemn expression. You know, we've both read our fair share of antiquated occult books for shits and giggles, but you have to be careful, Jack. The supernatural isn't something to be trifled with. Careful? Jack scoffed, bitterness lacing his words. What's being careful ever gotten me? A cheating ex-wife and my life in ruin? No, Arthur. I need more than caution. I need some kind of a miracle. If you believe in that sort of thing, miracles can come at a terrible price, Arthur warned, his voice barely audible above the din of the pub. Remember that, Jack? If you go down this path, there might not be any turning back. Jack stared into the amber liquid swirling in his glass, the contours of Leela Thorne's face dancing in his mind's eye. He knew that Arthur was right, but as the darkness closed in around him, he couldn't help but wonder if the risk was worth the chance to feel alive again. Arthur leaned back in his chair, the dim light casting shadows across his face. You know, Jack, he began, his voice low and conspiratorial, I did come across a book recently, a rare book that might actually interest you. Jack raised an eyebrow, his interest peaked. He reached for his glass, feeling the weight of the whiskey as it sloshed inside. Oh? And what book would that be? It's an old tome bound in cracked leather with metal clasps, keeping its secrets locked away. Arthur's eyes gleamed with excitement as he continued. The cover bears the image of a skeletal hand, and the author is unknown. But the bookstore owner told me it dates back to the 16th century. Sounds fascinating, Jack muttered, swirling the amber liquid in his glass. The mention of the book intrigued him. He could almost feel the cold touch of the leather cover against his fingertips. Arthur leaned in closer, lowering his voice even further. This book, it's said to contain knowledge on how to bring people back from the dead or even from across dimensions. 
It's full of ancient rituals, incantations, and dark magic. Really? Jack asked, his curiosity clearly showing on his face. His mind raced with questions. Maybe this book could hold the secret to bringing Leela Thorne back to life. Would he be able to tear down the barrier between her and the painted prison and his broken reality? Where did you find this book again? He inquired, struggling to keep the urgency out of his voice. An old bookstore hidden away in a narrow alley, not that far from here, Arthur replied, taking a sip of his own drink. The place looked like it hadn't been touched in centuries. Dust-covered shelves, cobwebs in every corner. The smell of old, decaying paper hung in the air. Jack's heart pounded in his chest as he imagined himself walking through the creaking door of that mysterious bookstore, surrounded by forgotten knowledge and forbidden secrets. He could almost taste the dust on his tongue, feel it itching in his nostrils. Tell me more about this book, Jack implored, his eyes locked on Arthur's face. What sort of rituals does it contain, and how do they work? Arthur hesitated, a flicker of concern crossing his features. The details are complicated and pretty hard to read. Some say that they require blood sacrifices, others the harvesting of specific ingredients under certain lunar phases, but I must warn you, Jack, the consequences of meddling with such forces can be dire. The book is filled with cautionary tales of those who delve too deep into its pages only to lose their sanity or worse. Fuck the consequences, Jack said, his gaze fixed on the dark liquid swirling in his glass. His obsession with Leela Thorne was like a fire burning inside him, consuming every rational thought and leaving only ash in its wake. Arthur, he said, his voice barely audible above the murmur of the pub. Can I please see that book? Arthur, I need to borrow that book, please, Jack insisted, his hands trembling slightly as he gripped the edge of the table, just for a few days, to read it thoroughly. Arthur studied Jack's face, his eyes narrowing as he weighed the decision. Finally sighed and nodded. All right, Jack, but I cannot stress enough how dangerous this book can be. Tread carefully, and remember my warnings about its consequences. Thank you, Arthur. Jack's voice was thick with gratitude and desperation. The decrepit family home seemed to shudder under the weight of the secrets that it held. Moonlight filtered through grimy windows casting eerie shadows across the faded wallpaper. The air was heavy with the scent of decay of memories long past and dreams left to rot. Jack sat on the worn, leather couch in the dimly lit living room, a glass of whiskey in one hand and the cursed black book in the other. The amber liquid sloshed against the sides of the tumbler with each shaky breath that he took a testament to the nerves gnawing at his insides. He opened the book, its spine creaking in protest, and began to pour over the pages. The words seemed to writhe on the paper like living things, hungry for his attention and eager to share their dark knowledge. As he delved deeper into the text, Jack discovered intricate details about blood sacrifice rituals, the necessary ingredients, the incantations, and the potential outcomes. I... 
God, he breathed, his eyes wide with disbelief and horror. The thought of what he might unleash upon himself and the world made bile rise in his throat, but he couldn't tear his gaze away from the grotesque illustrations and the ancient script that beckoned him further into the darkness. Could it possibly be worth it, Jack mused, taking a sip of whiskey, allowing the burn to chase away the chill that gripped his heart. The image of Leela Thorne, her fiery red hair and porcelain skin, haunted his thoughts, a specter of beauty that refused to release its hold on him. Damn you, Arthur, he muttered under his breath, the weight of his decision pressing down upon him like a tombstone. His fingers traced the words on the page as if to commit them to memory, while the shadows danced around him in a macabre waltz. God damn you, he whispered again, and he took another swallow of whiskey, the liquid fire, stoking the flames of his obsession. A gust of wind entered through the cracked windowpane, causing the yellow pages of the ancient tome to flutter like the wings of a trapped bird. Jack's heart pounded in his chest as he read the words before him, hardly daring to believe what they promised. Resurrection. Reanimation. Crossing dimensions, he muttered to himself, his voice barely audible above the howling wind outside. The ritual he'd uncovered within the book's twisted passages seemed too good to be true. An arcane method for bringing Leela Thorne back to life or summoning her from some strange, painted alternative reality. I wonder if any of this could really work, Jack wondered, his excitement and terror wearing within him, tearing at the frayed edges of his sanity. He closed his eyes, picturing Leela's face, her fiery red locks cascading like a waterfall over her ivory shoulders, her piercing green eyes that seemed to pierce his very soul. God, I want her, he breathed, his hands trembling as they clutched the weathered spine of the book. I need her. Jack poured over the incantations, repeating them under his breath, feeling the unholy power of their syllables reverberate deep within his bones. He copied the words into a tattered notebook, his handwriting shaky but determined. With each repetition, he felt the darkness lurking just beyond his consciousness drawing closer, whispering seductive promises of Leela's return. If it does work, is it worth the risk? His inner thoughts taunted him, reminding him of Arthur's warning, the potential horror that could be unleashed by delving into such forbidden knowledge. But there was something irresistible about the idea of holding Leela Thorne in his arms, feeling her warm breath on his neck, tasting the sweetness of her lips. Fuck the consequences, he finally decided, slamming his whiskey down on the table with a resolute thud. The sharp scent of alcohol filled the air, mingling with the musty odor of ancient parchment and decay. Nothing ventured, nothing gained, Jack whispered, his voice laced with a dark determination. As he continued to study the book, memorizing every detail of the rituals, the shadows in the room seemed to grow darker and more oppressive, as if sensing his resolve and eagerly awaiting the moment when they would be set free. For Leela Thorne, Jack was willing to risk it all. And so, with a trembling hand and a heart full of longing, he began to gather the necessary ingredients for the blood sacrifices described in the book, stepping further into the abyss that was slowly consuming him.
light cast eerie dancing shadows on the walls of Jack's study as he labored over the ancient tome. Sweat beaded on his furrowed brow, and his hands trembled with a mixture of anticipation and fear. The book's ominous passages seemed to whisper their secrets in the dimly lit room, tempting him with promises of power and of resurrection. Jack, Arthur's voice cut through the oppressive silence like a knife, startling Jack out of his dark reverie. He had almost forgotten that he had invited Arthur over for a drink and to go over the book with him. Have you considered what could happen if you perform these rituals? Arthur asked, his eyes betraying a deep concern for his friend's well-being. The book clearly states that meddling with forces beyond our understanding could have dire consequences. Jack looked up from the book, his gaze lingering on Leela's portrait that he had now moved to hang above the fireplace in his study. Her eyes seemed to pierce his very soul, urging him to take that final step into the darkness. He shook his head, trying to clear the fog of obsession that clouded his judgment. Arthur, I appreciate your concern, Jack said, his voice wavering, but I need to know. I need to see her. I need to hold her. Somewhere in outside of my dreams. The desperation in his voice was now evident. He was a man drowning in sorrow, grasping at any lifeline that he could find. Think about it, Jack, Arthur implored, taking a step closer. Summon summoning malevolent spirits, losing your sanity, or even facing legal consequences. Are you willing to risk all of that for a woman who may not ever have even existed? As the words left Arthur's lips, Jack felt a twinge of doubt not the edge of his resolve. He closed his eyes, memories of Evelyn's betrayal surfacing in his mind's eye. The pain of her deceit still lingered, a festering wound that refused to heal. Perhaps this was just another misguided attempt to find solace in the arms of fantasy. It had happened before. Maybe you're right, Jack admitted, his voice barely above a whisper. But I can't help it, Arthur. This infatuation, this obsession, it's like a sickness, and Leela is the only cure. Arthur sighed, knowing that his words had failed to sway his friend. He placed a reassuring hand on Jack's shoulder, gripping it firmly. If you need to go through with it, I'll be here for you, he said, the weight of his decision evident in his voice. But remember, Jack, there's no turning back once you start down this road. Look before you leap. Jack nodded solemnly, clenching his fists in grim determination. He turned his gaze once more towards Leela's enchanting visage, her eyes pulling him further into the abyss. His heart raced as he contemplated the choices before him. The potential for unimaginable love or the ruinous consequences of his actions. Taking a deep breath, Jack's fingers traced the lines of the incantations in the book yet again, feeling the power pulsing beneath his touch. It was a gamble, toying with forces beyond human comprehension that might not even work. But Jack Whitaker was a man who had lost everything and there was nothing more dangerous than a man with nothing left to lose. Let the chips fall where they may, Jack whispered, a steely resolve settling over him like a shroud. And as he prepared to step over the threshold into the world of the occult, the shadows in the room seemed to coil around him, eager to accept their new disciple into their dark embrace. The 
heavily in the night sky, casting a pallid glow onto Jack Whitaker's hunched form as he sat on the floor of his bedroom, surrounded by an intricate array of occult objects. The air was thick with the scent of burning candles and pungent herbs, their smoke swirling around him like tendrils of some malevolent force. By the powers of darkness I summon thee, Leela Thorne, Jack muttered under his breath, his eyes flicking between the open, cryptic book in his lap and the captivating painting of Leela that now hung above his bed. His obsession with her had grown to unforeseen depths, consuming every waking thought and haunting his dreams when he managed to find rest. In those rare moments of slumber, he would chase Leela through shadowy corridors and twisted landscapes, but each time she slipped through his fingers like mist, leaving him gasping for air and tormented with frustration. From the void arise and be bound to me, he continued the incantation, desperation seeping into his voice. Each ritual he performed felt more potent than the last, but still, Leela remained agonizingly out of reach. But Jack refused to accept defeat, believing with every fiber of his being that these arcane rites were the key to bringing her into this world. The room seemed to grow colder as he repeated the words, his breath visible in the air before him. He could feel the energy in the room building, coalescing into a tangible presence. Sweat trickled down his brow, yet he didn't dare break his concentration. Come to me, Leela, Jack urged, his hands trembling as they clutched the worn pages of the book. I need you. A sudden gust of wind blew through the room, snuffing out the candles and plunging the space into darkness. For a moment, Jack's heart leapt with hope, but as his eyes adjusted to the dim light, he saw that Leela's portrait remained unchanged. God damn it, he cursed, throwing the book across the room in a fit of rage. His chest heaved with each labored breath and he sank back against the wall, staring at the painting with bloodshot eyes. Why won't this work? What am I doing wrong? The questions swirled through his mind like a whirlwind gnawing at his sanity, but beneath the frustration and despair, Jack's determination only grew stronger. Next time, he whispered, his voice hoarse and strained, I will find out what's missing and you will be mine. And with that vow, Jack resumed his tireless pursuit, diving deeper into the arcane mysteries that bound him to Leela Thorne, unaware of the darkness that was overtaking him. The sun dipped below the horizon, casting long shadows across the dusty floorboards of Jack's living room. He barely noticed the passage of time, his mind consumed by thoughts of Leela and the dark secrets that he delved into night after night. The days bled together, a hazy blur punctuated only by moments spent staring at her painting, desperate for any sign that he was making progress. Damn it, Leela, Jack muttered under his breath, swirling the amber liquid in his glass as he glared at the portrait. Why won't you come to me? What am I doing wrong? His phone rang from somewhere deep within the recesses of his disheveled home, but Jack ignored it, taking another swig of whiskey. Friends and family had ceased to matter. Their concerns were nothing more than distractions from his true purpose. Only Leela held any significance to him now. Tonight, he mused, his voice slurred by both alcohol and exhaustion. I'll try something different. He dragged himself to his feet, stumbling over discarded books and empty bottles. His once tidy home had deteriorated into chaos, mirroring the downward spiral of his own life. 
Jack crossed the threshold into his bedroom, the air heavy with the scent of burned sage and melted wax. A circle of salt crunched beneath his feet as he stepped towards the altar he'd assembled. A makeshift sanctuary of sorts, of candles, ancient books, and offerings meant to entice Leela from her painted prison. Tonight I'm going to bridge the gap between worlds, he whispered, his bloodshot eyes locked on the painting now propped against the wall. With trembling hands, he lit the candles, their flickering flames casting eerie shadows across Leela's face. Teodoro, Leela Thorne, he intoned, invoking the words of an ancient love spell. Ego te invoco, ut venias ad me. The room seemed to close in around him, the darkness pressing against his chest like a suffocating weight. His heart hammered in his chest as he continued to chant, each word spilling from his lips like venom. Venius ad me, Leela, he gasped, his voice barely audible above the pounding of his own pulse. I need you. But as the final syllable passed his lips, nothing happened. Leela remained trapped within her canvas cage, her gaze haunting and unattainable. Jack stared at her, his vision blurred by tears and alcohol, and he felt a despair clawed his insides. Am I not enough? He choked out, collapsing to the floor in defeat. Will I never be enough for you? The silence that followed was deafening, punctuated only by the harsh rasp of his ragged breath. And as the oppressive shadows closed in around him, Jack Whitaker knew in the depths of his shattered soul that he would not stop until he had claimed Leela Thorne for his very own no matter what the cost was. In the suffocating darkness of his room, Jack's emaciated frame trembled as he scoured the pages of forgotten tomes. Searching for any scrap of knowledge that would bring him closer to Leela, a glass of whiskey sat untouched on his desk, its amber depth reflecting the flickering glow of a single candle. Motherfucker. Jack spat the words like poison, hurling the ancient book that he was reading across the room. It collided with the wall, dislodging a cascade of dusty papers and artifacts that rained down upon him. His chest heaved with frustration, his bloodshot eyes glared up at the painting that was now hanging above him. Speak to me, he pled, his voice cracking under the weight of his desperation. Tell me what I must do. He knew the risk that he was taking, delving into such darkness, but thoughts of failure were swept away by the image of Leela's crimson hair, her emerald eyes, and the curve of her lip that haunted his every waking moment. Visions of Leela began to infiltrate his mind, her laughter echoing through the chamber of his tormented mind. He felt as though he were caught in a whirlpool, dragged ever deeper into the abyss by the undertow of his obsession. More, I need something with more power, he rasped, clawing his way out of his alcohol-induced stupor and back into consciousness. The room spun around him, the walls seeming to close in, threatening to crush the life from his already weakened body. Power comes with a price, a voice whispered from the shadows, one that seemed to originate from within the very recesses of his soul. And yet, Jack knew that it was not entirely his own. So tell me the price, he demanded, driven by a madness that left no room for fear or reason. I will pay whatever it takes. Blood, the voice hissed, slithering through the darkness like a serpent. Your own blood, Jack Whitaker, your life for hers. Done. 
He agreed without hesitation, the word bursting from him in a hoarse croak. As the shadow seemed to recoil from the force of his conviction, Jack stumbled to his feet, swaying unsteadily as he reached for the ceremonial knife that lay on his cluttered desk. Its hilt was cold against his clammy palm, and the razor-sharp blade gleamed with malevolent intent. Forgive me, Leela, he whispered, drawing the blade across his left wrist. The pain was immediate, searing through the flesh like molten steel, but he did not falter. Instead, he let his blood flow freely onto the floor, pooling around his bare feet in a type of macabre baptism. Take this offering, he intoned, his voice barely audible above the pounding of his heart. And with it, grant me Leela Thorne. His vision began to blur, the edges of his world fading into darkness as his strength ebbed away. But even as he spiraled towards unconsciousness, Jack's mind clung to the image of Leela, refusing to relinquish the ghostly specter that had become his sole reason for living. Please, Leela. It was little more than a breath, a plea that vanished into the void as Jack crumpled to the floor, his lifeblood staining the once pristine wood. Jack awoke on his floor sometime later, alone. A cold fury and a ferocious desire came over him. He would find a way to be with Leela Thorne if it was the last thing that he did. Night after night, Jack's desperate attempts to summon Leela intensified. Each ritual grew more dangerous and complex than the last, each incantation more arcane. He scoured the shelves of bookstores and universities for rare grimoires, their pages whispering dark secrets into his fevered mind as he searched for the key to unlocking Leela from her painted prison. By the blood of my heart and the fire of my soul, Jack murmured, his voice cracking with despair, I call upon the powers that bind. Release Leela Thorne unto me. He traced a sigil on the floor, its lines weaving together like the threads of fate, drenched in a mixture of his own blood and alcohol. His hand shook, weakened by his growing obsession and the poison that coursed through his veins. His once steady hands were now gnarled and trembling, his sunken eyes rimmed with dark circles, and his once healthy frame had wasted away into an emaciated husk. Damn it, Leela, why won't you come to me? Jack cried out, frustration tearing at his throat. His heart hammered in his chest, pounding against his ribcage like a caged animal desperate for freedom. Jack, you fucking idiot, he chastised himself, taking another swig from the near-empty bottle of whiskey. You're going insane. Is this what she's done to you? Reduced you to a raving, pitiful wretch? But even as his self-loathing threatened to consume him, Jack couldn't bring himself to abandon his quest. The thought of life without Leela was unbearable, filling him with a sense of emptiness so profound that it seemed to echo through the very marrow of his bones. Perhaps there's one more thing I can try, Jack rasped, his bloodshot eyes scanning the pages of an ancient tome. Its leather cover was cracked and worn, its pages brittle and yellowed with age. The ink seemed to seethe onto the page, each word writhing like a nest of vipers. Maybe this'll work. By the seven stars in the dark abyss, Jack intoned, his voice barely audible above the storm that raged outside his window. 
I call upon the forces of chaos and destruction. I bind you to my will, and by the power of my blood I command you, bring Leela Thorn to me. As Jack spoke the final words, a jagged bolt of lightning tore through the sky, illuminating the room in a sickly electric glow. The shadows on the walls twisted and contorted, their shapes grotesque and malevolent, as they seemed to close in around him. Please let this be enough, Jack whispered, his breath fogging the cold air. His body trembled with exhaustion, his strength waning as both his obsession with Leela and his alcoholism consumed him from within. Let this be enough, he repeated, collapsing onto the floor amid the ruin of his once tidy home. Broken glass and shattered relics of his former life lay scattered like fragments of his own sanity, and the darkness in his heart threatened to swallow him whole. Please, Leela. But Leela's painting remained unchanged, just a portrait in a frame. The sun had long since set, leaving only the cold, desolate glow of the moon to pierce through the darkness. Jack's sister Mary, who was there with her husband, a man named Thomas, who had once been Jack's best friend, hesitated outside the house. The once immaculate front yard was now overgrown, choked with weeds that clawed at their ankles like desperate hands reaching from the grave. The two exchanged worried glances as they stepped onto the decaying porch. Well, his car's here, he should be home, whispered Thomas, his voice barely audible above the wind that howled like a banshee in the night. I just hope we can find a way to help him, Mary murmured, her heart heavy with dread. The door creaked open, revealing a scene of devastation within. Shadows flickered against the walls, cast by the dim candlelight that illuminated the chaos. Empty liquor bottles lay strewn about like fallen soldiers, and the air was thick with a miasma of decay and despair. Jack called out Mary, her voice trembling as she stepped over a shattered picture frame on the ground. Jack, it's us, Thomas added, his eyes scanning the wreckage for any sign of his friend. Go away, came the ragged reply from somewhere deeper within the house. The voice was Jack's for sure, but it was twisted, warped by an otherworldly darkness that chilled them both to the core. Jack, we're just worried about you. We want to help, Mary pleaded, moving slowly towards the sound of his voice. Help? I don't need help. There's no help for me. I only need... Leela. Jack's voice trailed off into a guttural sob, his mind consumed by the image of the red-headed woman who haunted his every waking moment. Jack, she isn't real. She's just a model and a painting. You need to let go of this obsession before it destroys you, Thomas implored, his voice cracking with concern. No, she's real, and I can prove it to you, Jack snarled, the madness in his eyes flaring like a bonfire in the depths of hell. He lunged at Thomas, knocking him off balance and raced towards the basement door. Jack, stop, Mary screamed, her heart pounding in her chest as she chased after him. The darkness swallowed them both as they descended into the bowels of the house, leaving only the echoes of their frantic footsteps behind. In the basement, an altar of sorts had been erected. The air was thick with a sickly sweet scent of blood and rotting flowers, maybe, and the walls were adorned with grotesque symbols scrawled in crimson. At its center stood the painting of Leela Thorne, 
her eyes alive with malevolence. By my blood, I summon thee, Jack cried out, his hand clutching a jagged shard of glass. He slashed it across his palm, and a torrent of blood poured forth, spattering the floor and everything around it. Jack, please, Mary begged, tears streaming down her face as she reached for her brother. Stay back, he roared, his sanity slipping further away with each passing second. I will bring her to life. I can, and I'm going to. Lightning split the sky above, filling the room with an eerie glow, and the shadows writhed and danced, their twisted forms taking on nightmarish shapes as the storm raged with unbridled fury outside. By the power of darkness I call you forth, rise, Leela Thorn, Jack shouted, his hand dripping with blood as he completed the ritual. For one terrifying moment, the world seemed to hold its breath, and then the silence was broken by Jack's howls of frustration when nothing happened. Maybe I need to offer more blood. Maybe I need to suffer more, Jack choked through his tears of frustration. He dug the broken piece of glass into his arm and was about to cut himself again when Thomas screamed, Jack, no, lunging forward to grab his friend. But it was too late. Jack sliced his arm from elbow to wrist, pouring his blood all over the floor while screaming, Rise, Leela Thorne, his hysteria, reaching a fever pitch. He waited, and once again, nothing happened. Jack, please. We can help you. We just want to help, Thomas said softly, his voice barely audible. But Jack could no longer hear him. Desperation clotted his chest as he whispered a plea to Leela, or whatever was listening, begging her to emerge from the shadows and take him away from his wretched life. Please, be real, he breathed, his heart pounding in his ears. But once more, Jack was disappointed as nothing happened. Mary put a comforting hand on Jack's shoulder, and he turned around and shoved her violently, sending Mary sprawling to the floor. As she scrambled to her feet, her gaze locked onto Jack's bloodied hand. Fear and sadness choked her, mingling with the acrid taste of desperation. She couldn't bear to lose her brother to this madness. Jack, listen to me, she screamed, tears streaming down her face. Please, let us help you. Yet her words fell on deaf ears. Jack's mind raced with thoughts of Leela, the woman who consumed his every waking moment, the woman who haunted his dreams and tormented his soul. He yearned for her touch, for her presence, even if it meant his own destruction. Come to me, Leela, he murmured, reaching out in the direction of the portrait. Enough, Jack, we're taking you to get help, Thomas roared, his voice full of determination. He took a few running steps towards Jack, determined to pull him back from the edge of his insanity. But just as Thomas reached out to grab his friend, Jack wheeled on him, waving the shard of broken glass in front of him like a knife. Thomas quickly stopped running. He knew Jack was important to his wife and to him, but he wouldn't risk his life to help somebody that didn't want to be helped or didn't know that they needed it. Jack, Mary screamed, her voice filled with terror and anguish. We only want to help you. I don't need or want your help, snarled Jack. Get out of my house and don't ever come back. Mary and Thomas, feeling as if they had exhausted all their present options, began to leave the house. As they were nearing the front door, Mary swore 
that she heard a woman's voice speaking to her brother in the basement. Perhaps it was just her imagination, or perhaps it was Jack pretending to be Leela. Mary couldn't be sure. Jack Whitaker leaned his temple against the cold surface of the bathroom mirror, his bloodshot eyes fixated on the reflection of the painting he had propped up behind him. The antique frame was chipped and worn, but Leela Thorne's visage remained as pristine and alluring as the day she was painted. Her auburn hair cascaded over her pale shoulders, and her emerald eyes seemed to bore into him, beckoning him closer. "'Please speak to me,' Jack whispered, his voice hoarse from whiskey and desperation." Won't you please speak to me? He studied every inch of Leela's face, searching for some sign that she was trying to communicate with him. In her eyes, he saw a tenderness that he hadn't experienced since before his divorce. In her lips, a love that even Evelyn had never given him. Jack felt an ache deep within his chest, a longing so profound that it threatened to consume him. Show yourself, he pleaded, but the painted woman remained silent, her gaze unwavering. As Jack moved about the house, he couldn't shake the feeling that Leela was watching him, following him from room to room. He would catch glimpses of her out of the corner of his eye, a flash of red hair on the curve of a pale cheekbone, only for her to vanish as soon as he turned his head. His heart raced at each fleeting vision, and he found himself stalking the shadows, desperate for another glimpse. Come on, Leela, he shouted, his voice echoing through the empty halls. You don't need to hide from me. Why are you hiding? In the dim light of the living room, Jack slumped onto the sofa, his body heavy with exhaustion and frustration. He clutched a tumbler of whiskey in one trembling hand, the other gripping the edge of the painting like a lifeline. Please, he murmured, his voice cracking. I need you. His obsession with Leela Thorne had now become all-consuming, eclipsing every other aspect of his life. The antique store lay abandoned, gathering dust and unanswered phone calls. Friends and family had drifted away. Their concern met with Jack's increasing hostility. Is this what you want? He asked the painting, a bitter laugh escaping his lips. To drive me completely insane and isolate me? But even as the weight of his isolation bore down upon him, he couldn't bring himself to turn away from her. He needed to know why she had chosen him, why she haunted his dreams and whispered in the darkness. And so he stayed trapped within the confines of his decaying home, a prisoner of his own desire. Jack's heartbeat was a drum in his ears as he wandered the creaking halls of his home, each step echoing like a ghostly whisper. The air hung heavy with the scent of her, roses and lavender, an intoxicating mix that taunted him drawing him deeper into the labyrinth of corridors of his own home. "'Can't you see what you're doing to me?' he rasped, his voice choked with desperation. He paused, a flicker of movement at the edge of his vision making the breath catch in his throat. There she was again, the ethereal figure of Leela Thorne, her crimson hair cascading over her pale shoulders as she vanished around a corner, leaving 
a trail of frigid air in her wake. Wait, he cried, his legs propelling him forward in pursuit, but every time he caught up to her, she would disappear, her laughter echoing through the emptiness like the tinkling of distant bells. It was maddening, torturous. And yet he couldn't resist the allure of her presence, the promise of her touch. Tell me what you want from me, Jack pleaded one evening as he sat in his musty study, surrounded by ancient tomes and crumbling manuscripts. Please, Leela, just give me a sign. A sudden gust of wind whipped through the room, sending paper swirling around him like a flurry of snowflakes. He watched in stunned silence as they settled on the floor, forming a pattern. No, a message. It looked to say, Help me. Is this real? Jack whispered, his fingers tracing the delicate script, his heart pounding against his ribs. His thoughts raced, consumed by the possibility that Leela was reaching out to him, begging for his assistance. Help you how? What can I do? He asked, his eyes darting around the room, searching for any indication of her presence. What do you need me to do? The wind picked up again, and the pages fluttered wildly, rearranging themselves before his very eyes again. This time, they formed one single word. It said, Live. Live? Jack repeated, confusion furrowing his brow. You want me to bring you to life? The silence that followed was oppressive, suffocating, and yet he couldn't shake the conviction that Leela had spoken to him, that she had entrusted him with her deepest desires, to exist beyond the confines of her painted prison. Okay, he said, determination hardening his voice. I'll do it. I don't know how. I've been trying, but I'll find a way that works. I promise, Leela. I will find a way to do this. For a moment, the room seemed to darken, shadows creeping in from every corner to swallow him whole. In the depths of the gloom, he could almost see her, those emerald eyes gleaming with gratitude, or perhaps maybe something far more sinister. But as the last remnants of light vanished, leaving him shrouded in darkness, he felt something shift within him, an unshakable resolve taking root. No matter what it takes, he whispered into the abyss, sealing his fate with a vow that would haunt him long after the final echoes of Leela's laughter had faded into oblivion. turned to weeks and Jack's antique store remained closed, the dust settling upon the treasures that he had once so lovingly curated. He had continued to be a recluse, shunning his friend's attempts to reach out to him and ignoring the mounting bills that threatened to consume him. All that mattered was Leela, her intoxicating scent, the tantalizing glimpses of her ethereal form, and the burgeoning power he felt growing within him as he delved further into the occult. Just speak to me, Leela, Jack muttered in the dimly lit room, surrounded by the flickering glow of candles and the soft rustle of ancient paper. Show me the way. Jack, come on, this isn't healthy, came a voice from behind him, but Jack only hunched over his work, scribbling arcane symbols like a man possessed. The 
The voice belonged to Evelyn, his ex-wife, standing in the doorway with a look of concern etched across her face. Fuck off, he snarled, not bothering to look up from the grimoire before him. You don't understand, nobody does, and I'm not going to explain it to you. Jack, I'm worried about you. Mary called me fucking hysterical, she said, taking a tentative step into the room. She said that you haven't been to work in weeks, and people are starting to talk in town. Fuck him, let him talk. His voice rose in anger, fueled by his frustration at her intrusion. I have way more important things to worry about than the petty gossip of small-minded bumpkins and stupid fucking whores. He knew that she couldn't comprehend the magnitude of what he was trying to accomplish, the enormity of the love that now consumed his every waking moment. What, I don't understand your obsession with that painting? Mary told me everything, Jack. Evelyn's voice wavered, unable to hide her fear. Jack, this isn't like you. You're, you're scaring me. Good. The sound of the word scraped against his throat, bitter and raw. Maybe you should be scared. Maybe then you'd understand. Understand what, Jack? That you've lost your mind? She whispered softly, tears welling in her eyes. Just fuck off, Evelyn. He refused to meet her gaze, his focus narrowing to the symbols that danced before his eyes, a dizzying array of lines and curves that seemed to possess a life of their own. Come on, Jack. Get out, he roared, feeling the power within him surge as the room shook with a sudden gust of icy wind. Evelyn stumbled back, her face pale and her eyes wide with terror. Fine, she sobbed, retreating into the shadows that now consumed the house. I hope you find whatever it is you're looking for. Don't worry. I will, he whispered, more to himself than to her. And as the door slammed shut behind her, sealing him in the darkness that had become his sanctuary, he felt a cold hand upon his shoulder, a touch as light as a feather, yet laden with the weight of a thousand unspoken promises. Thank you, Leela, he murmured, shivering as her spectral fingers traced the curve of his spine. Together you and I will defy the limits of this world. And in that moment, as the candles sputtered and died, plunging him into an abyss, the likes of which he had never known, Jack Whitaker realized that he was no longer alone, that the woman he had sought so desperately to bring to life now dwelt within the deepest recesses of his soul, and her laughter echoed through the hollow chambers of his heart like the music of the damned. Jack, a voice whispered. Lilting through the stagnant air of his dimly lit living room, he looked up from the ancient book that had been his constant companion, his eyes red-rimmed and bloodshot. Is it really you? His voice cracked, a desperate plea laced with yearning. In the flickering candlelight, her image wavered before him, 
tendrils of fiery hair framing her ethereal face. Who else would it be, she replied, her smile, wicked and inviting. You summoned me, remember? He reached for her, fingertips trembling, but she danced away, laughter, echoing through the shadows as she vanished into the darkness. His heart pounded in his chest, a wild cacophony that threatened to consume him. Damn you, Leela, he muttered, frustration seething beneath the surface of his longing. Her games were maddening, and yet he couldn't resist her siren call. Patience, Jack, she murmured, her voice barely more than a breath against his ear. Soon we'll be together, I promise. His fingers tightened around the worn, leather-binding of the book that he was reading, its secrets burning within him like a fever. He found himself muttering incantations under his breath, words of power that tasted of sulfur and ash. The walls of his home seemed to pulse with a sinister energy, eager to obey his commands. Just tell me what you want, he begged, sweat dripping down his furrowed brow. How can I make you real? What do I need to do? Perhaps, she mused, her voice a seductive purr. You don't need to. Just tell me, he demanded, the urgency in his tone betraying his desperation. Very well, she sighed, her shadowy form solidifying before him. You must give yourself over to me completely. I've already done that, he said, his gaze locked on her mesmerizing eyes. You have yet to seal our union with a sacrifice, she grinned wickedly. Once you do that, my dear Jack, you and I will be together. Who? I have sacrificed. I've poured my blood at your feet. What do you mean? What do I sacrifice? Jack's mind raced, his heart pounding with anticipation. It's old magic, but you need to sacrifice someone who has betrayed you, someone who has hurt you deeply, Leela whispered her lips brushing against his earlobe, sending shivers down him. I'll leave the choice up to you, but I think you can probably find somebody. As her laughter faded into the darkness, Jack felt a cold dread settle in the pit of his stomach. He now knew what he had to do, but the thought of it filled him with an unspeakable terror, and yet the promise of Leela's embrace was too alluring to resist. His decision was made. Jack Whitaker closed the book, its secrets now etched upon his very soul. The path he had chosen was bathed in shadows and blood. There could be no turning back now. The house seemed to breathe with anticipation, its walls whispering secrets that only the damned could comprehend. And as the moon cast its pale, ghostly light through the cracked window panes, the true horror of what was to come began to unfold.
Jack stood in front of the painting, his eyes locked on to Leela Thorne's beauty. Crimson curls framed her porcelain face, and her green eyes seemed to pierce directly into his soul. His once cold and empty heart throbbed with an all-consuming obsession for the woman who existed only within the confines of a canvas. Sacrifice, he whispered, tasting the word like a drop of blood on his tongue. Evelyn and Brad had taken everything from him, his love, his life, and his dignity, but Jack would have the last laugh. As he would use their own wickedness against them in order to resurrect Leela Thorne, this was the blood sacrifice that was necessary. Now he understood. Jack devised a cunning plan to lure his ex-wife and her loathsome lover to his decaying house. He picked up his phone and dialed Evelyn's number, waiting with bated breath for her to answer. Hello? She answered hesitantly, her voice laced with suspicion. Hi, it's Jack. He paused, feigning vulnerability. I need your help. I'm really struggling right now. Jack, why are you calling me? She sounded annoyed, but Jack knew exactly how to manipulate her guilt. Please, Evelyn. I've hit rock bottom and I'm desperate. And I don't know who else to turn to, he implored. Injecting his voice with despair. You know me better than anybody, and, well, I wouldn't be in this situation if it wasn't for you. Evelyn sighed, her resolve weakening. All right, fine, I'll come by. But after that stunt you pulled the last time I saw you, I'm bringing Brad or I'm not going to come. That's fine. I really just need help. Seriously, thank you, Jack replied, feigning gratitude. All right, we'll both be there. Perfect, Jack muttered as he hung up the phone, a sinister smile spreading across his face. Leela Thorne's haunting gaze watched over him as Jack prepared for the fateful meeting. The intoxicating thought of finally bringing her to life fueled him with purpose and nothing would stand in his way. Be patient, my love, he whispered to Leela's painting. Soon, you'll be free and you and I can finally be together. Jack's hands trembled with anticipation as he arranged the necessary tools for the ritual. He placed the steel dagger, its blade cold and sharp, onto a velvet cloth at the center of an intricate sigil drawn on the floor. In a circle around the dagger, he laid out six black candles, their wicks untouched, awaiting the flicker of flame that would ignite them. Everything needs to be perfect, he muttered to himself, his voice barely audible above the creaking of the house. I can't afford any mistakes. I can't take it. I can't make any more mistakes. This needs to work. Jack's heart raced in his chest as he envisioned the moment when Leela Thorne would finally step from the canvas and into his world. The mere thought of her presence made the air around him feel charged with electricity, as if the very atmosphere was anticipating her arrival. Brad and Evelyn will provide the necessary sacrifice, Jack whispered, and you, my love, will finally be free, and you and I will be together. The sun dipped below the horizon, casting the room in shadows that seemed to shift and twist with a life of their own. Jack lit the candles one by one, each flame a beacon of determination, forging a connection between the two worlds. As the final candle sprung to life, Jack stepped back and surveyed his handiwork. The room felt transformed. The once mundane and messy space was now heavy with mystic energy. It was as if Leela herself hovered just beyond the veil, waiting for the right moment to be able to cross over. Just need a little bit of patience, Jack murmured, his voice barely audible above the guttering of the candles. Soon, you'll be free.
He retreated to a corner of the room, shrouded in darkness, and waited, every nerve in his body tingled with anticipation, every breath he took heavy with the weight of what was about to happen. Tonight, he thought, as the minutes ticked by, each more agonizing than the last, my long wait will finally be over. A sudden knock on the door shattered the silence, leaving a lingering echo in the dimly lit room. Jack's heart pounded in his chest, drowning out all other sounds. He took a deep breath, steadying himself, then strode to the front door and wrenched it open. Hello, Jack, Evelyn said, her voice quaky with uncertainty. She stood on the porch beside Brad, her hand clutching at his arm as if she were afraid the wind might carry her away. You said you needed help, and here I am. Indeed, Jack replied, his words dripping with false sincerity. Please, come in. As they stepped into the house, Jack locked eyes with Brad for a brief moment. The man's arrogance had been replaced with a subtle wariness. His posture was stiff. Jack savored the change. It was only the beginning. I really appreciate you guys coming, Jack continued, forcing a smile. I feel pretty embarrassed about all this, but I just didn't know who else to ask for help. <sighs> of course, Evelyn said, trying to sound confident but failing. We're here for you, Jack, I guess. Good. Jack gestured towards the hallway that led to the ritual room. This way. He could feel their unease growing as he guided them through the darkened home. Each step felt like a victory, drawing them closer to the inevitable conclusion that he had planned for him. As they reached the doorway, Jack paused, allowing Evelyn and Brad to take in the scene before him. Candles flickered around the perimeter of the room and on the floor, casting eerie shadows on the wall. The air was heavy, with an otherworldly energy, palpable even to those who knew nothing of the arcane arts. In the center of the room, a large wooden table lay draped in a crimson cloth, its surface adorned with various trinkets, candles, and tools. Jack, what is this? Evelyn asked, her voice trembling. Why did you bring us here? Shut up and sit down, Jack commanded, gesturing towards two chairs that had been placed on opposite sides of the table with a handgun that he had been concealing in the waistband of his pants. I'll explain everything. With grim understanding, they took their seats. Jack could not help but revel in the fear that now emanated from him. It was a delicious taste of what was to come. He used zip ties to secure their arms and legs to the chair. He circled around the table, an ominous specter in the flickering candlelight, and began to share his twisted plan. Tonight, he whispered, his voice barely audible above the dancing flames, the three of us will partake in an ancient ritual, old magic, one that will change all of our lives forever. Jack, this isn't funny, Brad interjected, his voice wavering with terror. Just untie us and let's talk this out like adults. I understand that you might be mad at us. Talk, Jack spat, his eyes narrowing. I don't have anything to say to the two of you. He glanced at Evelyn, who sat frozen, her eyes wide with horror. Then he looked to Brad, whose face wore a mask of disbelief and dread. With each passing moment, Jack felt more certain of his purpose, more driven by his need to see it through. Prepare yourselves, he murmured, his voice cold as ice. For tonight, we dance with the devil. Jack took a big slug on the bottle of whiskey that he was holding in his hand. 
The room seemed to pulse with anticipation, shadows cast by flickering candles dancing along the walls. The musty scent of burning herbs filled the air and dark silk was draped across the windows, blocking out any hope of moonlight or salvation from the night beyond. In the center of this chamber of horrors stood the table, its surface marked by an elaborate sigil drawn in a mixture of ash and dried blood, candles burned at each point, their ebony wax pooling onto the wood beneath them like so many drops of midnight. Surrounding the table, an array of arcane symbols had been etched into the floor, on any surface really, a testament to Jack's tireless research and dedication to his twisted cause. Jack, please don't do this, Evelyn whimpered, her voice trembling as she surveyed the nightmarish scene before her. Brad simply stared, his face pale and devoid of any trace of the arrogance that he once displayed. Welcome to my sanctuary, Jack replied, his voice cold and hollow. This is where I've sought the truth, the answers to the questions that I didn't know I needed the answers to. This is where I found my love, he pointed at the painting of Leela Thorne. He then gestured to the table, his eyes locked on the flickering flames. This ritual, my dear ex-wife and her esteemed boss, is the culmination of my efforts, the means by which I will put an end to the torment that I have been suffering. Jack, can't we please just talk about this, Brad stammered, his bravado shattered by the macabre scene that he knew awaited him. There's no need for words. I don't have anything to say to you guys, Jack said, his voice dripping with disdain. Now is the hour for action. A sacrifice. What do you mean a sacrifice? Evelyn shrieked, tears welling in her eyes as the gravity of their situation began to sink in. Tonight, Jack continued, the shadows playing across his face as he spoke, I'm going to offer up your blood to appease the spirits that have trapped my love in her painting. Only then can I hope to end my torment. Jack, you're not making any sense, Brad protested, his voice quivering with fear. Let us just, let's try to help you. Maybe we can talk it out. Maybe we can get you some help. Help me, Jack sneered, baring his teeth in a cruel grin. You've already helped me plenty, simply by showing up. You've made this so much easier than I ever could have hoped, so thank you. Evelyn's eyes widened in terror, and her breath hitched as Jack's true intentions finally dawned on her. She glanced at Brad, whose face had gone ashen, his confident demeanor now completely gone, like the mist in front of the sun. Jack, please, we can find another way. Shut the fuck up, Jack roared, his eyes blazing with a fury that scared them both. There's no other way. This is how this has to be. This is the only way that I can set her free. With that, he approached the table, where an assortment of sharp knives and other terrifying instruments gleamed menacingly under the flickering candlelight. He picked up a long, thin blade, its edge honed to a razor-sharp perfection. Jack, don't do this, Brad pleaded, his voice barely audible as he tried to muster some semblance of courage, but his words fell on deaf ears as Jack stalked towards them, the blade glinting ominously in his hand. As Jack drew closer, Evelyn and Brad could no longer contain their fear. They struggled against their restraints, but it was futile. Their fate had been sealed. A cold smile stretched across Jack's lips as he observed them, trying to escape and break free of the zip ties. I really should be thanking you, Jack said, his voice dripping with sarcasm. Without you guys doing what you did and ruining my life, 
I would never have found my purpose, my destiny, my love. Evelyn sobs filled the room as Jack raised the knife high above his head, poised, ready to strike. She squeezed her eyes shut, unable to bear the sight of what was about to happen. Beside her, Brad trembled uncontrollably, his mouth agape in a silent scream. Utanam mihi sacrificium tandem spiritus lile thorn liberae, Jack intoned solemnly, his voice heavy with resolve. Tandem libera sit in eosque se lazarunt ultumium sum exigant. With a swift, decisive motion, he brought the blade down, slicing into the flesh of first Evelyn and then Brad. As blood began to pour from their cuts, he cut open both of their throats, and blood welled up from the wounds, pooling in the shallow grooves etched in the table and on the floor. As their lifeblood drained away, Evelyn and Brad's eyes darted around the dark room like animals at a slaughterhouse. Their pain and terror filled Jack with a twisted sense of satisfaction. Finally, he thought. Finally, he was taking control of his own destiny, and in doing so, he would be able to bring Leela Thorne back to life. As the last echoes of Evelyn and Brad's gurgling faded into silence, Jack stood over their lifeless bodies, his chest heaving with a mixture of trepidation and excitement. The scarlet liquid pooled around the corpses, shimmering in the flickering candlelight like a macabre lake. His heart raced in anticipation of Leela Thorne coming to life, and in his feverish state, he could almost see her face materializing in the shadows. Your sacrifice will not be in vain, Jack whispered to the two corpses. He then raised a trembling hand to touch the painting of Leela that hung on the wall. His throat felt raw and dry, the metallic tang of blood hanging heavy in the air. Retrieving a bottle of whiskey, Jack downed swig after swig to quench his thirst and quiet the pounding in his head. As the fiery liquid burned its way down his throat, his eyelids grew heavier and heavier until he could no longer keep them open. With a final, desperate glance at the painting, Jack collapsed beside the corpses. His body sprawled across the cold floor. Unconsciousness wrapped its tendrils around him, dragging him down into the depths of an alcohol-induced slumber. In his dreams, Jack found himself wandering through an endless fog-shrouded forest. The trees were gnarled and twisted, their roots snaking across the ground like limbs of some monstrous creature. He called out Leela's name, his voice echoing through the mist, but there was no response, only the howling wind and the distant caw of ravens. Where are you, Leela? Jack muttered, stumbling over the tangled roots as he searched for any sign of the woman that he had sacrificed so much to bring to life. Though he knew this was just a dream, something deep within him ached at the thought of Leela remaining forever beyond his reach. Please show yourself, he begged. I've done what's necessary. I've paid the price. A whisper of a laugh danced through the fog, taunting him with its elusive presence. Jack spun around, his heart pounding in his chest, but there was nothing, only the ever-present mist and the darkness that lurked within it. Damn you, he shouted, his outburst 
echoing through the forest like the cries of a tormented soul. As Jack awoke from his dream, a faint smile crept across his face. Despite the lingering traces of disappointment that clung to his thoughts, he had done it. He had completed the ritual, spilling the blood of those who had wronged him in order to bring Leela Thorne back to life. The sense of satisfaction that settled deep in his bones filled him with renewed determination. It won't be long now, Leela, he murmured, running his fingers through the sticky crimson pool that surrounded the corpses. Soon, you and I will finally be together. Jack's eyes flickered open, heavy with the weight of despair and hopelessness. The first thing he registered was the pungent stench of iron that invaded his nostrils, making his stomach churn violently. He tried to sit up, but he found himself too weak, his limbs trembling like a dying animal. What happened, he croaked out, his voice barely audible even to himself. He blinked and squinted at the living room before him, his vision gradually adjusting to the dimly lit scene of horror. The wallpaper he'd once admired for its elegance now resembled a grotesque canvas splattered with blood. Strewn across the floor were two mutilated corpses, their faces unrecognizable from the violence inflicted upon them. The sight of the carnage sent bile rising up in Jack's throat as the reality of the previous night's events began seeping into his consciousness. Oh God, he gasped, clutching his head in agony. Jack struggled to recall what had transpired, but all he could remember was drowning his sorrows in alcohol and the ever-present darkness that knotted his soul. It was then that he noticed more of the gory evidence of his intoxicated rage. The bodies had been further disfigured, their limbs twisted unnaturally, and their faces were reduced to a gruesome pulp. The memory of having committed such unspeakable acts eluded him, leaving him feeling both repulsed and terrified. Dear God, what have I done, he whispered, his voice cracking as tears streamed down his face. As he stared at the grisly aftermath, he couldn't help but feel a strange sense of detachment. It was as if he was peering into somebody else's nightmare, unable to truly comprehend the horror that he had wrought. Still, the undeniable proof lay before him, the macabre tableau a testament to his darkest impulses unleashed. Amidst the overwhelming stench of blood and decay, Jack's eyes were in inexplicably drawn to the object of his obsession, the painting of Leela Thorne. It hung on the wall, a beacon of beauty in a sea of horror. The canvas measured an imposing six feet in height, dwarfing the surrounding furniture as if demanding his undivided attention. Painted in an oil-on-canvas technique reminiscent of the great masters, Leela's piercing emerald eyes seemed to follow his every move. Was it worth it, Leela? Jack choked out, his voice barely audible over the pounding in his head. Are you alive? Are you mine? Her flowing, fiery red hair contrasted starkly against her porcelain skin, the delicate curve of her neck beckoning him into the, her world of mystery. Even amidst the chaos, she appeared to be calm, a siren luring him further down the path of madness. Jack found himself unable to look away from her haunting gaze. The painting 
having consumed his thoughts for weeks on end, leaving him tormented by the tantalizing possibility of bringing her to life. Speak to me, damn you. I did what needed to be done, he pleaded, desperation seeping into his tone. As he scrutinized the gruesome scene before him, a horrifying realization began to dawn upon him. In his blind pursuit of Leela's resurrection, he had become ensnared in the darkest corners of the occult, searching for forbidden knowledge that was never meant to be uncovered or understood. And now, as he stared at the two mutilated bodies sprawled across his living room floor, he understood the enormity of his folly. Two lives. All for you, he muttered, tears streaming down his face. And what did it accomplish? Nothing. You're still a painting. The ritual had failed. There had been no miraculous transformation, no ethereal being stepping out of the canvas to reward his devotion. Instead, all that remained was a shattered man, consumed by guilt and despair. Jack's heart raced as the crushing weight of his action became apparent. He had murdered two innocent people in a fruitless attempt to bring a painting that he was in love with to life. Is this what you wanted, Leela? He whispered, his voice trembling with rage and sorrow. Or was it simply my own mind that led me here? The silence that followed was deafening, the unrelenting gaze of Leela Thorne offering no solace and no answers. As the magnitude of his crime settled upon his shoulders, Jack fell to his knees, the crushing burden of his sins too heavy to bear. In that moment of darkness, he understood that there would be no redemption, no salvation from the nightmare that he had created. Forgive me, he sobbed, his anguished cries echoing through the desolate room, swallowed by the shadows that clung to every corner. The icy chill creeping into Jack's bones was as unyielding as his guilt and remorse. Despair hung heavy in the air, thickening with each labored breath that he took. The metallic tang of blood assaulted his senses, mingling with the stale stench of whiskey that clung to his clothes and skin. Jack vomited violently. As Jack struggled to regain control over his trembling body, his frantic gaze fell upon a lone object resting on the edge of the coffee table. His handgun. Its cold, steel surface reflecting the dim light that filtered through the grimy living room windows. It was a Glock 17, a 9mm semi-automatic pistol, the black polymer frame contrasting sharply with the polished black slide. It lay there, fully loaded, ready to dispense death in quick succession. Is this my only way out? Jack wondered aloud, his voice barely audible against the suffocating silence, his hands clenched into fists, nails digging into his palms as if trying to anchor himself to reality. Maybe one last act can make it right. A bitter laugh escaped him, mocking the absurdity of his situation, or maybe not. The gun called to him, the weight of his sins growing heavier with each agonizing second. With a trembling hand, Jack reached for the weapon, feeling the polymer grip as he wrapped his fingers around it. His heart pounded in his chest like a caged animal desperate to escape. Is this what you wanted, Leela? He asked again, his voice cracking under the strain of his mounting despair. For me to end it all here, in my living room, like some sort of a loon? No reply came, save for the oppressive silence that seemed to grow ever darker, threatening to swallow him whole. His thoughts spiraled downward, frenzied and chaotic, a cacophony of guilt and self-loathing that threatened to drown out any remaining shred of reason. What does it even matter, Jack mused, his grip on the gun tightening as he considered the futility of his existence. I've already destroyed everything that I ever held dear. The gun seemed to grow heavier in his hand, as if the weight of his decision was adding to its mass. Jack's breathing grew shallow, 
his mind a whirlwind of doubt and fear, racing towards an inevitable and terrifying conclusion. suffocating silence in the room pressed down on Jack like a vice, each passing second tightening its grip. The pounding of blood in his ears was the only sound that dared to intrude upon the stillness. A cold sweat beaded on his forehead, trickling down as if trying to escape the hellish decision that loomed before him. Is it even worth going on? Jack whispered, the words barely more than a breath. What is there left for me now? The Glock rested heavily in his hand, an unwelcome reminder of the monstrous acts that he had committed. Its finish seemed to absorb the dim light of the room, drawing his gaze with the gravity of a black hole. From its barrel, death called to him, beckoning him towards oblivion. There's nothing, he murmured, answering his own question, nothing left for me but pain and madness. His hand trembled as he tightened his fingers around the gun's textured grip, it felt almost alive in his grasp, cold and hungry, eager to devour the last of his wretched existence. With every labored breath, the weight of his sins bore down on him, threatening to crush what little remained of his spirit. Go on, then, he muttered, his voice ragged and weary. Do it. Let it all end. Lifting the gun, he placed the barrel against his temple, feeling the icy touch of the metal touching against his skin. In that instant, an overwhelming sense of finality seized him, as if time itself were holding its breath and waiting for the cataclysmic moment when he would pull the trigger. Goodbye, Jack whispered to the painting, choking back a sob as tears burned hot trails down his cheeks. I'm sorry. He could clearly see the faces of those he'd wronged, feel the anguish and terror of the lives he'd destroyed, and within the depths of his broken mind he knew there could be no redemption for him. Not in this life. Please forgive me, Jack pleaded, the words falling like stones from his lips. I never really meant for any of this to happen. But as his finger tightened on the trigger and the firing pin began its inexorable descent, the only response was the cold indifference of the void that awaited him.
The gunshot erupted like the roar of an angry god, shattering the silence that had enveloped the room. Jack's body jerked violently as the bullet tore through his skull, unleashing a maelstrom of pain and darkness. The smell of gunpowder filled the air, mingling with the metallic tang of blood. The gun fell to the floor, its purpose served, its cold form seeming to mock the life it had just ended. But there was no one left to hear its cruel laughter save for the ghosts that haunted Jack's final moments, the specters of regret, fear, and despair that had driven him to this desperate act. As the life ebbed from his body, a macabre symphony of scarlet and gore played out before the painting of Leela Thorne. The beautiful woman in the portrait, her crimson hair cascading over her porcelain shoulders, bore silent witness to the gruesome scene. Her emerald eyes, once the object of Jack's obsession, now stared blankly at the gore-streaked walls, their depths devoid of pity or compassion. Blood and brain matter splattered across the canvas, defiling the image of the woman who had consumed Jack's every waking thought. A crimson stain spread like the petals of a grotesque flower, the vibrant hue a stark contrast to the delicate brushstrokes that had once held him captive. The once pristine visage of Leela Thorne was now marred by the grisly evidence of Jack's destruction, a chilling testament to the depth of his madness. Was it worth it, Jack? The ghostly whisper of his own thoughts taunted him, the words echoing through the void that now threatened to consume him. Did you find what you sought in the darkness, or did you lose yourself along the way? But there was no answer to be found, only the terrible silence that followed in the wake of the, this final desperate act. The room grew cold and dark, the shadows closing in like hungry predators, eager to claim the remnants of a lost soul. Goodbye, Jack's fading thoughts whispered into the abyss, the last vestiges of his consciousness slipping away like sand through an hourglass. And as the darkness swallowed him whole, the painting of Leela Thorne continued to gaze out upon the scene with an eerie detachment, its beauty now forever tarnished by the blood that now marred its surface. There, in that gruesome tableau, the tragic end of Jack Whitaker played out like a twisted parody of the life that he had once known, leaving only silence and sorrow in its wake. The splintered finality of Jack's decision echoed through his mind as the gunshot rang out. The once familiar room now felt alien, as if it was the setting for a gruesome stage play that he had never wished to be a star in. He could sense the last few remnants of his life slipping away from him like a dying ember that could no longer hold on to its warmth. Is this it? Jack's thoughts trembled as the darkness began to close in around him. He could feel the weight of his actions settle upon him, the realization that there would be no turning back from this point. His consciousness flickered and faltered, each moment more distant than the one before it. Forgive me, he whispered silently to Leela Thorne, the woman who was still haunting him. But... Despite his hoping, she offered no reply. Her painted eyes absorbed the horror before her with an unnerving and unhuman stillness. In those final moments, as life ebbed from him, Jack understood the bitter truth. The painting was just that, a painting. Nothing more, nothing less. All the torment, the obsession, the bloodshed had been birthed from the depths of his own tortured mind. The stark reality of it all left him cold, and it left him empty.
Damn you, he cursed himself, as his last breath escaped his lips and his heartbeats grew fainter. Damn you for letting it come to this. The scene was now complete. The final act played out in all its horrific glory. Jack Whitaker's lifeless body lay slumped on the floor. His blood splattered across the once immaculate painting of Leela Thorne. Her gaze, ever constant, would forever be marred by the nightmarish remnants of Jack's fragile psyche. And so the curtain fell on the twisted tragedy of a man who lost himself to the darkness within. The room, now silent and still, bore witness to the grim consequences of an obsession left unchecked, a stark reminder of the frailty of the human mind. And Leela Thorne's painting continued to look on silently. Mrs. Thompson, a retired school teacher in her early 70s, lived alone next door to Jack Whitaker. Her days were filled with gardening and reading mystery novels. Her evenings spent sipping tea and watching reruns of classic detective shows. The neighborhood knew her as the gentle lady who always had a kind word and a smile for everybody that she met. But that smile would be wiped clean from her face on the fateful day when she discovered the horror that awaited her in her neighbor's house. Jack, Mrs. Thompson called out hesitantly as she knocked on the front door. She had noticed the broken window and heard noises in the night and felt compelled to come and check on her neighbor. She quickly noticed the eerie silence that seemed to envelop Jack's home. Jack, are you in there? Is everything all right? No response came from within. Concerned, she opened the door slowly, inching her way inside, her heart pounding against her chest. But what she saw as she entered the living room made her blood run cold. Dear God, Mrs. Thompson whispered, her voice barely audible as her eyes took in the gruesome scene before her. Jack's lifeless body sprawled on the floor, a gunshot wound to his head painting the carpet crimson. His once vibrant eyes were now glassy and dull, staring blankly into nothingness. The stench of death and decay hung heavy in the air, making it difficult for Mrs. Thompson to breathe. But what truly shattered her fragile composure were the violent, mutilated bodies of Jack's ex-wife Evelyn and her lover, Brad, both lying in a twisted heap nearby. Their faces were unrecognizable, torn apart by an unimaginable rage, while the rest of their bodies bore evidence of torture. Deep gashes and bruising marred their pale skin. Mrs. Thompson felt bile rise up in her throat, nausea threatening to overcome her. She clutched the doorframe for support, her trembling hands leaving sweat marks on the wood. Thoughts raced through her mind, a frantic cacophony of disbelief and horror. How could this have happened? What could have driven Jack to such madness? Jack, what have you done? She whispered, tears streaming down her cheeks as she stared at the carnage that had once been her gentle neighbor and his family. As her gaze wandered around the room trying to make sense of the chaos, it fell upon an old tattered book lying open on the coffee table, Umbrarum Liber. Its pages were filled with dark incantations and unspeakable knowledge, and there, 
Hanging on the wall was the painting of Leela Thorne, the beautiful redhead woman who had consumed Jack's every thought. Her face, once so beguiling, now seemed sinister and mocking. Her eyes almost seemed to follow Mrs. Thompson as she moved. Evil, she murmured, her voice choked with fear. This place is tainted by evil. Despite the terror gripping her heart, Mrs. Thompson willed herself to take action, to do what needed to be done. She reached for her phone, her hands shaking violently as she dialed 911. Knowing that, from this moment on, nothing would ever be the same in their quiet little town. 911, what's your emergency? A calm voice answered on the other end of the line. Mrs. Thompson gulped back the bile that threatened to rise in her throat. Uh, I need the police and an ambulance. There's been a murder at, at 20, 27 Maple Street. Stay on the line, ma'am, the dispatcher instructed. Help is on the way. Thank you, Mrs. Thompson whispered, clutching the phone to her chest, willing herself to remain strong until help arrived. What seemed like moments later, two police officers arrived on the scene, Detective Johnson, a seasoned investigator whose eyes held a perpetual weariness that spoke of countless horrors that he had witnessed in his decades on the police force, and Officer Rodriguez, a young upstart who still held on to the idealistic belief that he could make a difference in the world through his work. As they approached Jack's house, the stench of blood and decay assaulted their nostrils, a grisly harbinger of the nightmare that awaited them within. Jesus Christ, Officer Rodriguez muttered under his breath as they stepped over the threshold, surveying the carnage that lay before him. The lifeless bodies of Jack, Evelyn, and her lover Brad were a macabre testament to the depths of human madness and depravity, their mutilated forms barely recognizable as the people they once were. Try and keep it together, Rodriguez, Detective Johnson warned, his voice tight with suppressed emotion. We have a job to do. Yes, sir, Officer Rodriguez stammered, swallowing hard as he struggled to maintain his composure. Mrs. Thompson stood nearby, watching the officers with a mixture of relief and dread. She knew that their arrival marked the beginning of a long and painful ordeal for her and the rest of the town, an ordeal that would force them to confront the darkness that had been festering in their, their midst for far too long. Ma'am, do you think you can tell us what happened here? Detective Johnson asked gently, his eyes never leaving the grisly scene before him. I don't know, I found him like this, Mrs. Johnson choked out, her voice barely audible above the pounding of her heart. I only came over to check on Jack, I had no idea. All right, ma'am, we'll take it from here, Detective Johnson reassured her. Don't worry about anything now, just go home and try to relax. But even as the words left his mouth, the detective couldn't help but feel a shiver of unease run down his spine for he knew, deep down, that the evil that had claimed the lives of Jack and his victims was far from vanquished. It merely lay dormant, waiting for its next, next victims to fall under its malevolent spell. And so, as the sun dipped below the horizon, casting long shadows across the small town of Millfield, the people huddled in their homes, their hearts heavy with dread and despair, knowing that the darkness that lurked within the human soul could never truly be extinguished. As Detective Johnson and Officer Rodriguez stepped cautiously into Jack's house, the putrid stench of death assaulted their nostrils, causing them to instinctively gag. The remnants of a once cozy living room lay in shambles. The evidence of a violent struggle was apparent in every overturned chair, shattered picture frame, and scattered belonging. 
It looks like all hell broke loose in here, Officer Rodriguez muttered, his eyes sweeping over the broken window, its jagged glass teeth still clinging to the wooden frame as if hungry for more bloodshed. Indeed, agreed Detective Johnson, his mind already racing with possible explanations, each darker than the last. But what could have driven somebody to such madness? The two officers hesitated for a moment at the threshold of the living room, steeling themselves against the horror that they knew awaited them beyond. Taking a deep breath, they moved forward, carefully stepping over the broken glass and the debris that littered the floor. As they rounded the corner, they were met with the grisly sight of three lifeless bodies strewn haphazardly across the room. Jack Whitaker lay slumped on the floor, his unkempt hair matted with thick, congealed blood that had pooled around his head from a single gunshot wound. Not far from his hands lay the pistol that had delivered the final desperate act of vengeance. God, what a mess, Rodriguez whispered under his breath, his voice cracking slightly. He had seen his fair share of gruesome accidents and various crime scenes during his brief time on the force, but never anything quite like this. Detective Johnson approached the other two victims, his stomach churning with revulsion as he took in the horrific nature of their death. Evelyn Whitaker and her lover Brad had been brutally mutilated, their bodies barely recognizable beneath the layers of dried blood and carved flesh. It was clear to the detective that these were no ordinary killings. This was the work of a man driven to the brink of madness by his own twisted obsession. Wow, Jack must have really lost it, Johnson mused, his voice shaking with a mixture of pity and terror. I don't know what could possibly push somebody this far. Who knows, Rodriguez replied, his eyes darting nervously around the room as if expecting some unseen horror to reveal itself at any moment. Maybe there's something here we're not seeing yet. Maybe Jack didn't do this. As the officers continued their grim investigation, the unsettling atmosphere in the house seemed to grow heavier, pressing down on them like a suffocating weight. The thick silence was broken only by the occasional rustle of plastic gloves or the soft click of a camera capturing the gruesome scene for posterity. And all the while, the shadows cast by the dying sunlight outside seemed to deepen, drawing the small town of Millfield ever closer to the clutches of a darkness it would never fully comprehend. Detective Johnson's gaze fell upon the coffee table, where a worn, leather-bound tome lay open. The title, Umbarum Liber, was barely discernible amid the stains and fingerprints that marred its cover. Flipping through the pages, he discovered cryptic symbols, intermingling with passages written in a language that he didn't recognize. Rodriguez, look at this, he called out, his voice a mixture of fascination and unease. Officer Rodriguez approached, peering over Johnson's shoulder. What the hell is that, he asked, his eyes narrowing as they scanned the arcane text. Seems to me like some sort of an occult book, Johnson replied, closing the tome with a shiver. He couldn't shake the feeling that something sinister had taken hold of Jack Whitaker, driving him to commit the unspeakable acts that now stained his once peaceful home. As the officers turned to survey the room, their attention was drawn to a painting hanging on the wall. It was impossible to miss, as it was partially obscured by spatters of brain matter and blood. The subject, a red-headed woman with haunting green eyes, stared back at them, her gaze seeming to pierce their very souls. Even in, in its defiled state, there was an undeniable allure to that portrait, a seductive pull that was difficult to resist. Who is she? Rodriguez asked, his voice barely above a whisper, as if speaking too loudly would somehow awaken the enchanting figure 
from her painted slumber. Well, I assume that's Leela Thorne, Johnson answered. How could you possibly know that, asked Rodriguez. Well, Jack's sister called me a few weeks ago asking me to do a wellness check on her brother. She claimed that he had fallen in love with a painting of a woman named Leela Thorne. I had assumed she was exaggerating. You know I've known Jack and his sister since we were kids. Jack's always had a one-track mind. I just assumed that he was extremely interested in a new antique that he had found. So I blew her off. Rodriguez stared at him, at a loss for words. Deciding to delve deeper into the house's secrets, the officers continued their search, moving cautiously through the dimly lit rooms. The walls were adorned with strange sigils that seemed to pulse and shift in the light, their meanings as inscrutable as the language in the occult book that they found in the living room. I've never seen anything like this before, Rodriguez murmured, his fingers tracing one of the eerie symbols. Jack must have been in way over his head with something. More completely out of it, said Johnson. As they entered the bathroom, a sickening stench assaulted their senses, forcing them to stifle gags. The source of the odor quickly became apparent. Several dead stray cats were piled in the bathtub, their lifeless eyes staring blankly at the ceiling. It was clear these animals had not died of natural causes, rather they had been used as some sort of perverse, sacrificial offering in some dark ritual of Jack's own invention. Jesus Christ, Johnson whispered, his stomach churning at the gruesome spectacle. Why would you do this? Rodriguez shook his head and made the sign of the cross unable to form words to express the horror he felt. Their search had only served to deepen the mystery surrounding Jack Whitaker's descent into madness, and the officers found themselves grappling with a mounting dread that seemed to permeate every corner of the house. Well, whatever it was, Johnson finally managed, his voice heavy with foreboding. I think we're only ever going to scratch the surface. I don't think we're ever going to really understand what happened here. Detective Johnson bent over the carpet, his gloved fingers gingerly picking up a single shell casing. He held it up to the light, examining it closely before sealing it in an evidence bag. Officer Rodriguez, meanwhile, dusted for fingerprints along the coffee table and along the spine of the ominous Umbarum Lieber that lay there, its pages whispering dark secrets to anybody that could understand them. Well, let's get all this back to the lab, Johnson muttered, his eyes scanning the room one last time. He could feel the weight of the tragedy that had transpired here, and it left him with a sense of unease that he just couldn't shake. As the officers exited Jack Whitaker's house, they couldn't help but notice the quiet that seemed to envelop the small town of Millfield. It was a deceptive stillness, however, as word of the grisly murder-suicide had already begun to spread like wildfire through social media and hushed whispers among neighbors. Damn, Rodriguez said under his breath, his gaze resting on the houses that dotted the street. This is going to turn this place upside down. Johnson nodded, knowing full well the impact such a horrific event would have on the tight-knit community. It wasn't just the violence of the act itself that would send shockwaves through the town, it was the fact that somebody like Jack Whitaker, an antique dealer whose life had once been marked by mundane normalcy, could be driven to such depths of madness and despair in one day come full unhinged. Millfield will never be the same, he agreed quietly, his thoughts drifting to the townspeople who were now grappling with the horrifying reality that had shattered their once idyllic lives. Did you see the look on Mrs. Thompson's face when she found out about this, Rodriguez asked, his voice tinged with sadness. I don't think she's ever going to sleep again. 
None of us are going to be sleeping well for a while, Johnson replied, his eyes darkening with the knowledge of what they had discovered inside the house. The mutilated bodies, the sacrificial cats, the sinister symbols that adorned the walls, all of it pointed to a darkness that had taken root in the heart of their small town. Let's just hope that we can find some of the answers, he continued, his determination steeling him against the fear that threatened to creep in, for everybody's sake. As they climbed into their squad car, the officers shared a grim look, acutely aware that they were now tasked with unraveling a mystery that was as disturbing as it was confounding. Millfield had been thrust into the shadow of Jack's obsession and madness, and it was up to them to bring the truth to light, no matter how horrifying that truth might be. As whispers of the gruesome discovery spread like wildfire through Millfield, the townspeople gathered in tight-knit clusters on street corners and outside churches, their faces a mix of shock, disbelief, and mounting dread. It was as if the storm cloud had settled over the town, casting a palpable darkness upon all who resided there. Jack always seemed like such a nice guy, murmured Sally, a young mother who clutched her baby close to her chest, her eyes wide with apprehension. I never would have thought that he'd be capable of something like this. Nobody's safe anymore, muttered an elderly gentleman, his hands trembling slightly as they gripped the worn handle of his cane. His words were met with solemn nods of agreement from the others around him, their minds consumed with uneasy thoughts of their own vulnerability. Across the small town, doors that had once been left unlocked in the spirit of communal trust were now bolted shut, and curtains were drawn tight against prying eyes. Fear had taken root in the heart of Millfield, and it showed no signs of loosening its grip anytime soon. As the day wore on, news vans began to descend upon the quiet streets, their satellite dishes reaching skyward like ominous metal sentinels. Microphones were shoved into the faces of shocked neighbors, each one struggling to put into words the horror that had befallen them. Is it true that there were satanic symbols found at the scene? One reporter asked, her voice laced with morbid curiosity. Are you worried about your own safety in light of these brutal murders? Another journalist probed, his eyes keenly scanning the faces of those he interviewed for any sign of emotion that might make for a compelling soundbite. The airwaves and social media feeds became saturated with the sensationalized stories of the murder-suicide, whipping the townspeople into a frenzy of fear and paranoia. Whispers of satanic killings and occult sacrifices echoed through the once peaceful streets, rippling outwards like a malignant force that threatened to consume them all. Maybe we should leave town for a while, a young man suggested to his girlfriend as they huddled together in front of their television, watching the gruesome details play out before them, until they catch whoever's responsible for this, or figure out what actually happened. But Jack's dead, she whispered back, her eyes never leaving the screen. It's over now, isn't it? Is it really? He replied, his voice strained with doubt. He cast a furtive glance at the locked front door. The shadows outside seemed to grow darker with each passing moment. As night fell upon Millfield, the once friendly glow of porch lights took on an eerie quality, casting twisted shadows across the manicured lawns and shuttered windows. Inside their homes, residents lay awake in their beds, the silence of the small town punctuated by the distant hum of news vans and the restless thoughts that plagued their sleepless minds. Millfield will never be the same. The words echoed hauntingly through the darkness, a chilling reminder of the horror that had seeped into the very fabric of their lives. And as the wind howled mournfully outside, 
One thing was certain. The nightmare had only just begun. And as the sun went fully beyond the horizon and the crime scene grew dark, the portrait of Leela Thorne stared on silently. And that concludes another bone-chilling episode of the Anthology of Horror. Thank you guys very much for listening. I genuinely appreciate it. Like I said at the top of the episode, I did write that story, so if you liked it, please be sure to tell me so. And uh, if you didn't like it, go fuck yourselves. Do it better. Before we part ways, I want to remind you to check out the Anthology of Horror podcast network, where you'll find a collection of thrilling shows to satisfy your darkest curiosities. Scary Jerry brings you two spine-tingling podcasts titled Dark Side of the Nerd and Demented Darkness. You can connect with Scary Jerry on Instagram by searching for the underscore scary underscore Jerry. And remember, there are two R's in Scary and there are two R's in Jerry. We're also excited to announce that our network has expanded to Rumble, where you can find our dedicated streamer, Foxhound43. Tune in for even more chilling content that will be sure to amuse and excite you. Also, don't forget to explore the merch store at aohpmerch.com, where you can find an array of merchandise inspired by Anthology of Horror and its chilling tales. Show off your love for the macabre and grab some hauntingly stylish items. Lastly, I invite you to follow me, Springheel Jack, on Instagram at DukeLandis17. Stay updated on all things Anthology of Horror and join me in discussing the eerie stories and legends that continue to captivate our imaginations. Thank you for joining me on this eerie adventure. Until next time, stay curious, stay brave, and most importantly, stay spooky. Lies before us. Past the point of no return. The final threshold. But woman spoke in secret. Still we learn beyond the point of no